You're listening to the Unsigned Chat Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Unsigned Chat Podcast. As usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Jaina Jennings. So Jaina, how are you? Hello. I'm doing good. What about you? I'm good, thank you. It was a, a nice little uh, announcement video you did this week. Thank you. I've never done anything like that to announce a single, so I thought I'd try it. Good job. Well done. On this week's podcast, we're joined by a band called Wolf Moon. So hello and welcome. We were just talking about how we can't believe we're in August already. I know, right? It's like sort of the time just flies by. This year's just disappearing fast. Uh, well, especially, I've never known it. especially with everything that's going on, yeah. Hey, home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how's life treating you? It's good. Like, it's obviously there's a lot of, you know, a lot of awful things going on around the world and, um, you know, a lot of things with obviously COVID and, you know, different things and what have you. But, you know, musically, it's it's cool. Like, um, it's been sort of a lot of time to get on with this things that, uh, new record, um, new projects and stuff like that, which is really cool. Um, kind of, we'll get into that a bit later if you want. But like, I um, I've been spending a lot of time over in Ireland, and um, this is kind of where my family's from and stuff. And I kind of wrote like almost the new record over there, just isolated, you know, um, out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, they're like, they live in really, really rural Ireland. You see, and it was like literally had an acoustic guitar out and. <laughs> fields of sheep and stuff like that yeah. just 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 had at it it was really cool and they have a piano and stuff out there so it's cool so uh we ended up actually being out there for like nearly four months <laughs> got stuck oh wow that's crazy yeah. so where did the name sort of wolf moon come from then for the band well you know it's really really funny that um the whole idea of a new thing like it's kind of we we had this thing where we thought obviously it's a kind of a nice little kind of imagery but the, the wolf moon is usually the beginning of like something like the beginning of a season. And I think it's kind of a nice verbal imagery. Um, I also have this beautiful little box that has like an etched wolf moon, like uh, Yosemite. And, uh, you know, the whole West Coast thing, what have you. And uh, we kind of dug that thing, which is cool. So how long have you guys been together for? Oh, man. That's a long, I mean, like playing on love, but it's, uh, what would it be now? So long. It, well, we, we started writing together when we were uh, at music college, um, mm. which was, oh my God, it's, it was probably about 12 or 13 years yeah. ago that we started writing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. We had a slightly different um, band. Kind of approach, yeah. It just kind of evolved. And um, when you asked about the, the name, uh, we, we changed the name to Wolf yeah, yeah, yeah. relatively recently and that's it's good actually to to get that out because um we were because we're the songwriters of of the band we were called Lethbridge Owen which is it's uh we just decided that it was quite a difficult even though we're the songwriters and it's our surname and we originally thought oh well Fleetwood Mac did it Simon and Garfunkel you know we we didn't know what to call the band back then so we were Lethbridge Owen for a while so you'll probably maybe uh that's kind of fizzling out and we decided to revamp it and go with Wolf Moon. But um, we've been writing together for about 12 or 13 years. I think with that as well, like we, we, we have, we're so lucky that we have such wonderful people that play in our group mm. that it became very much as a part of the deal. 
we felt that they were a catalyst to, you know, how we sound and like, you know, a lot of the things as well. This, you know, this stuff is fun and stuff when you write, but I mean, really, it's like my influences from like James Taylor, you know, all the way through to Tony to Carol, all these people, so they have these bands behind them are just incredible, you know, and uh, it's the same deal with that. We have like Eric Stams in the band, uh, uh, Steve Olsworth and Noah Nelson, and they're just, you know, such wonderful musicians, it kind of felt that it would be a good idea to, you know, make it a kind of thing where it isn't just all about us. Because <laughs> obviously you've been writing together for sort of around 12 years. Do you kind of now have a set way of writing? Do you have like a set process? That's a good question. You know, the funny thing is, not really. There's, <laughs> um, you know, without, the, the songwriting things are a really funny thing. There's loads and loads of ways that, like, sometimes a seed can be there for a long, long time. It's always kind of like, oh, you know, I've always wanted to have one of those songs. And it sits there and it's kind of bruised on the, you know, ferments for a while and stuff sits on the shelf. And then you've got other moments where, you know, you pick your instrument up and it just comes out. And, and then sometimes it'd be like a jam moment or whatever. And it kind of, you know, it goes up and down. It kind of has moments where, you know, it's really kind of an easy, easier thing. And I don't say it's never easy, but like you have a very clear cut vision of it. And then sometimes you grapple with it. So like, you know, sometimes it'll be like, you know, maybe it'll be a song that'll be written that like, you know, maybe I'll have a verse down and a, or maybe a chorus part down, but then it'll take, you know, the rest of the group and everyone to get together. It'll kind of go, oh, all right, there's that, there's that little piece of the puzzle that was missing. Mm. It, it, it's a really holistic and very organic experience, which is great. I'm, I'm sure that Kelly will have some more on that. Mm. Yeah, we tend to, um, uh, sometimes we'll write songs together, as in um, Jimmy will bring an idea and I'll add to it. Um, but but sometimes we'll, we'll also write separately, so we'll go away and come up with a, you know, just a, a, a core progression, emotive lyrics, melodies, and and bring that to each other and share it with the band. And um, obviously, that's where we start working on the arrangement and um, yeah. kind of the structure, and it really developing into a complete uh, musical piece rather than than just a, a song. But um, it, it it depends. We we both go away and, and write and share ideas. Um, and the album is actually a kind of the album that's that's out now, Mind Over Matter. That was released back in two thousand and nineteen. Um, <laughs> All those years that, ago. I know it does feel like that. <laughs> forever ago. I, I was I was just back thinking that that seems ages ago. Yeah, I like to say it's like it's not like a discography of like yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that that um, that album has. Songs on it that we wrote together, and also some songs that we wrote separately. But we always share the songs with each other to see if there's anything that we can uh, add to it. And it's yeah. it's just a, a you know it's it's something that we've we've always done, um, you know. And we can share skill sets with each other to to just add to that song. So yeah, the the album is um, a bit of everything. So do you find because you've been obviously writing for so long together that You've met, you can now just be honest with each other if you don't like something in the in the song. Yeah, there's a, that's a great question. Um, yes, I think you get that with. I think what you get with band chemistries, um, that's something you shouldn't be underestimated. You know that you're, there's not a fr you're not fighting an uphill battle, uh, and you also start learning vocabulary. And what I mean by that is like uh, every uh, whenever I'm talking about songs or doing whether it's interviews or chatting about this. 
uh, songwriters and stuff have a wheelhouse, you know, like they'll have like five or six, perhaps maybe six is generous, but kind of things that they do, topics that they kind of address and they'll, and they'll look at it. And that, by the way, when I say to I'll kind of broaden that, like, so whether it's your musical vocabulary or whether it's the point or your licks or whatever you sing or whatever you play, and you kind of, you, you basically just make an amalgamation or a permutation, should I say, the correct word for that, of a different way of playing it. And I think when you learn that vocabulary, you end up kind of making something that's pretty cohesive, you know, pretty cohesive with each other eventually. And I think that as well with the way that um, when I'm writing harmony and uh, when I say harmony, like chords and and stuff like that and then singing parts and stuff when we get together it's a it's a very organic experience where it can kind of be like oh yeah yeah okay that part's there that's good that, that's gonna work and also as well like sometimes it's like you know like a great chef right like a great chef or a head chef in a like a i don't know three-star mission will just be able to look at one of his staff or her staff and kind of be like nope that's not you know and there's those little moments where you don't you haven't got to kind of do a lot of explaining if something doesn't make the cut or a part doesn't make the cut out the door it goes <laughs> and no no, uh, no you know sort of like uh, uh what do you call it? hard feelings but at the same time i think when each one of the party is like kind of a no 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 this is worth the pursuit there's a lot of trust there where it's like yeah yeah, yeah okay i get you you know i think also it's we, we're all we all work quite constructively so if there's an idea you know we're quite aware that ideas take a while to develop um and you know, sometimes it might be that we we share something and we're like, it's it's not there yet, but how about this? We'll always yeah. look at. I mean, obviously, if if we're really unhappy with it, we usually we'd agree to to scrap it. But a lot of the time, you know, some of what we feel are our best songs and what other people have have also noted as what they think are some of our best songs are the ones that took years to to fully get to the point where we were happy and they were just developed um from as jimmy was saying little seeds and then when you start adding because we we have a plethora of references obviously because we're, we're musicians and we love music so we have similar musical tastes but we have very broad musical tastes so and the more our our ref our, our palette has developed the better our songwriting is as you hopefully expect so uh, some of those the songs that we consider some of our, our best pieces are songs that literally took um, a long time to get to that point. Uh, they've, they've been crafted and, and layered. And we've well, had... we hope, we hope, we hope it's what we as much feel. as possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where, where are you all based then? You're all based sort of like all over the place or are you quite close to each other? Um, I live um, in London uh, near a place called Crystal Palace. Yeah, okay. same. Um, well, I'm um, yeah, southeast London near Beckenham, so similar areas. But our our place of work is actually um, in Fulham in London, and we all actually all of the band members have worked there or work there. And um, but our drummer's actually over in Wales. Um, our other guitarist is in Brighton, and yeah. our bass player's also in London. Beckenham, well. he's in Beckenham. Yeah. yeah, so we're not too far. All right, okay. Yeah, <laughs> got it covered. Bright, Brighton's, Brighton's not far. No, not far. I mean no, no. Wales is a bit different. He's our, <laughs> he's our drummer. Yeah. who's from the Bronx, but lives in Wales. <laughs> That's the, the, the winning combination. <laughs> yeah. Do you, think, do you think when he arrived in Wales, he, if one thought he was lost? Yeah, I he, think he was lost. Not <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's um, he's still looking for himself. Yeah, I think he does miss it. I think he does miss. Uh, the big city a bit. 
So, so everyone's quite close to London and he's out on a limb. Mm. Yeah, well, when, we, when we're at work, usually obviously not in lockdown, but he's in London most of the week, so we do get to see him quite regularly. So during lockdown, have you been sort of like doing online gigs and sort of streaming that way? You know, it's a really funny thing with the online. It's it's really, really hard. Like, not really. I'm not, I'm not like the streaming thing's real tough, you know? It's really tough to get a to get a great sound to people and like, you know, music sound, you know what I mean? That sounds a really hippie thing to say, but like, it, 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 it sort of sounds the way that you'd want it to be. You know what I mean? When someone comes and plays, you know, but I mean like at the same time, like video cuts and like keeping people up to date with like little songs and stuff like that. And you know, keeping in touch with the, with with your audience is obviously really, really important. But, and I think there's some web fest things we've been doing stuff, you know, like pre pre-recorded stuff. Um, I know. Yeah. I tell you what, man. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the day that the technology is, um, uh, what do you call it, is up there with uh, being able to stream higher definition. Sort of um... talking about sort of live performances. Then, obviously, with uh, lockdown and coronavirus and everything's going on, how do you kind of see the new normal of live performances? Oh man. Mm. that's a really hard question because <laughs> yeah. i think nowadays nobody's going to want to be sharing any equipment are they well, oh, yeah. no i think the <laughs> microphones are the worst you've got to have your own microphone for sure and uh that's one thing because if you go to uh, a lot of venues they 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 use their own especially mic stands and microphones and because the sound engineer sets them all up i mean it's quite easy for you to just take on and off your own mic but it's one thing that for sure, the minute you touch someone else's mic, you're so likely to get sick. And that's happened to me so many times. Mm. Um, but they're the worst when it comes to live music, I think, in terms of sharing equipment, the microphone. But yeah, it's going to be, it is going to be tough. And I think it's going to take, like everything, it's going to take a bit of getting used to again. Um, I mean, in some ways, perhaps it's improved people's views on on hygiene and just distancing, etc., and that you can still live a relatively normal life and enjoy the things you always did, just with a little bit more care. Um, but it's hard to say. But, um, yeah, performing life feels like a long way away, which is unfortunate, because yeah. I saw that the government yeah. had to cancel some live events that were due to take place on the 1st of August, and they've now had to push that forward again yeah problem so. the, the problem is and i, I don't i want to kind of avoid getting too political if just to be honest but if you look at um you know the um mvt which is the music venue trust so and they're great by the way because they're all just informing and keeping everyone up to date but you look at the guidance for what they're going to do with opening venues it's just not financially viable you know and it's with the, i don't I cannot see how this is going to, you know, a lot of the a lot of the venues and stuff that we're going to shut. I mean, they, I mean, you can look at statistics, and I don't want to quote too much stuff in case that changes by the time people listen to that this. But you know, ninety percent of venues are are major, major, major risk. So much so that if we're not careful and nurture this, there ain't going to be much of a live music scene to come back to. And you know, what's bad about this is it not exactly like live music was in the boomingest place it ever has been before all happened you know um so it was already an uphill battle and this is just insult to injury you know yeah that's that's my worry because there were already 
um, venues like uh, you probably heard like the borderline in London and, and maybe yeah, then you have to close down several months before lockdown there were lots of music venues closing already and so this has just really um, yeah had another unfortunately detrimental impact and I think musicians are just doing whatever they can at the moment to keep themselves sane uh, mm. and, to, and to keep their you know their, their, their work up so to speak and to perhaps try and generate some income but again it is a lot of this live streaming or pre-recorded videos and Mm, um, mm, mm. but it's yeah it's it's really difficult there is nothing like going to a live show and being in that in you know right. seeing it right in front of your own eyes and hearing it there's there's nothing that can beat that um as good as as good as some videos can be nowadays now we all know that we all know that right so we all know that feeling of like you know maybe it'll be great when people go back they're like oh my god this is what we're missing yes exactly Perhaps that will happen. Who knows? Because <laughs> I think I think it was reported. Um, I don't know if it was today or yesterday um, about Glastonbury. Probably not going to happen now until twenty twenty. Yeah, of course. I mean, look, look at all the look at all the risk assessment, all the things they would need to do. I mean, it's just it's not viable because you're going to need to pay. You need to charge people just ridiculous charges to break even. Mm. You know, mm. unless. I mean, again, if you can get really hardcore about it and talk about all the people that could help who aren't, I mean, you could probably get the way out of this if people um, subsidise some things. But again, as I say, I don't want to go too hardcore on that road. But yeah, I mean, it's not to make this podcast doom and gloom, but uh, because I really want to avoid it. It's like one of the things that I've been kind of promising myself that it is not going to get any easier. We're hearing of casualties already, right? We're hearing of like Phantom of the Opera, all these things. That's a musical, sure. Uh, I, this is the first of a long, long, long list, I think, of things that are going to come one yeah. by one. And I know that's heartbreaking to, to be like, and I'm not being a defeatist. I, I'm the opposite. But the reality, and a lot of my friends, you know, obviously a lot of promoters and stuff that know the band well and that are good friends of the band, suffer you know they'll tell me the honest thing they'll message me and go jimmy this isn't good man you know what i mean it's like mm. we're not going to be able to keep going and these are these are circuit places that we need you know what i mean that are like they're mm. hearty they're going to have to close their doors um i think i think one of the things that was quite telling was um i think it was the back end of last week when one of the advisors to the government and again i don't want to get too political on it but was saying about how he thinks we've probably reached the limit or the outer limit of what we can reopen without kind of having a greater impact. So we might have to choose about closing certain things so then we can reopen other parts. And this kind of like really opens the light of the seriousness of the situation we're in yeah. in regards to the coronavirus. I mean, I know that we're talking about, you know, do we open, do we close things like pubs, bars, so we can reopen the school? <laughs> mm. I mean, I don't know if they were planning on doing like a fortnight on, a fortnight off or something, but I mean, this, this is quite a serious thing, I think, when it comes to music and the sort of uh, performing live sort of scene and how realistic can we move this forward? I don't believe that, that the current, let's say, administration have a high priority for um, grassroots and live music circuit scenes in the UK. Without, again, I don't want to get too close, but yeah, yeah. I don't think they give a monkeys. And I think that, you know, 
when it comes down to whether they open Weatherspoons first, I think that'll be priority first, if I'm honest, um, to make sure these people get funded. You know, we're talking, again, we're not talking about the Royal Albert Hall or we're not talking about, you know, uh, <laughs> places, yeah, we're not talking about those places that might be, yes, they might be banned, we're talking about the places that, you know, the Pete Feenstras of the world, the Richard Dennings, you know, the, the, the mm-hmm. uh, Penny Lee, you know, all the people that who are doing great jobs with great circuit venues who are keeping the live club is, is mm. incredible it treats musicians just so well and, uh, and the guy that runs it richard dunning he's done mm. such a good job and he does so much to promote you know those musicians in the middle they've yeah. got careers they're going on tour they've got followings and they're, but they're not packing out wembley stadium type but they're on that well, sure but very little people do that though right uh, yeah exactly but but there are people around that recognise that, that that middle ground needs help, and that's that's where the focus has, has often been lost and still is. So, yeah. But there are people trying to do great things. They're trying so hard to keep that thing they really are, running. Yeah. But they're not booking anything until next year at least, and that if they can even. Yeah, financially afford yeah. it. Mm. Mm. Jada, what's the sort of gigging scene like um, in America at the moment? Because obviously America's... Mm going through quite a, a tough time with the coronavirus. Oh, so yeah. It's the... been really confusing over here and incredibly frustrating. So really early on, well, I, I'm pretty much state by state. Like, you're just going state by state, What um, depending on how many numbers or how many cases, how many deaths and stuff, What the, in you know, in each state. But here in Georgia, bars opened up relatively early. And so musicians have you know, had a few opportunities to get back into playing in bars. However, if you're somebody that's trying to be a little bit more careful and protect your fan base, like you're not really into, oh yeah, okay, well, I'll, I have a big concert in this bar. I mean, like, you know, how do you move forward with your career and also like protect other people's interests and your integrity as a musician, as some, you know, like in good conscience, can you really like, do you think yeah. I, mean, I don't know it's really mm. hard it's really hard to make the decision yeah. because you're you're trapped like do I have a a show and make money and um and for an artist like 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 me like I don't I don't really play like my, my music doesn't really like respond well in bars I don't really play bars so mm. I mostly play coffee shops I mostly play theaters awesome. I mostly play other places, you know, places other than bars. And there, you know, there's no theaters open to play. There's no coffee shops that are hiring people because they simply don't have the funds to hire artists right now. And so I play a lot of festivals. I play a lot of um, state parks and they're, you know, opening up soon. And I hopefully will have some shows coming up, but it just kind of feels like at a festival or a state park, you can kind of spread out, but it's just really stressful to think that people would come to your show and get sick because they came to support you. And yeah, so that's cool. something that I've been struggling with, but we have been able to do virtual stuff with, you know, live streams. And I think a lot of musicians are taking advantage of doing things like that, but it's really weird here. Um, if you yeah. do go out, like I haven't been in a restaurant since like March. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I think I went my first the other day, <laughs> like mm-hmm. only for lunch. It was weird. <laughs> it was, it was so, it's so weird. Like I haven't been out, but like if you go to the grocery store, 
people are really harsh and like the things you hear are like you just don't care like you're a cub idiot it's like walking mm. around with a mask going to the grocery store to get food i don't want to hear it <laughs> But then, like, everybody wants to have schools open and everybody wants to go to the bar on Friday night. And it's kind of like, y'all have got to, like, start taking, like, making your priority. Like, go pick up your food at the store and go home. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, it's been been very difficult. And it's been, even here, it's compared to a lot of places, it's been a a bit more lax. So, no one. (laughs) So, it's... um, but it, I think I think musically for us, this has meant, well, do you know what? There's not much we can do about the live scene at the moment. So what we're doing is putting all our efforts and concentrating um, our um, skills into our new album, basically. So yeah. we're, we're writing a lot and sending ideas to each other. We had our first. Um, yeah, rehearsal nice. and we 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 bit the bullet and paid a bit more for a bigger studio that had a huge room so that we could space out more and it has its own like little private kitchen area so we we didn't have to like mix with other people and you can park there so and it was yeah. the supporting that particular rehearsal studio that's had to close their doors for a long time so yeah. that was our first um get together in probably about four and a half months um and so we're just concentrating all our efforts into the new album which we're writing at the moment and um hoping that we might be able to start getting into a a studio at some point if it's if it's safe so at least you guys have still been proactive in your music we have been a great time for you yeah it might not (laughs) we've done we've got involved in what we can online and virtually um that's obviously been hard with us all spread out but we have been productive in the the process of writing this new album so we yeah definitely that yeah it's certainly crazy times and surreal times but hopefully you know we should be nice to kind of see the live music scene kicking off again i know there was talk and i think we've talked about this before jane as well um about whether we might kind of see like driving gigs and whether that might become I a really thing. think that driving so no, so... gigs need to happen <laughs> like ASAP here because a lot of musicians need you know to get paid and they need the exposure and they need to be out there but in a in a safer way and I think that driving concerts are going to be really popular whenever there's the appropriate kind of I mean I did a drive-in church service like I played outside and it was great. And I was like, people need to be doing this with, like, concerts and stuff. Why not? Mm. Brad Paisley did, I think. Like, um, is he Mer- I don't know if you know this guy. He's a country, huge, huge country artist in America. A guy called Brad Paisley. He, um, it, he yep. yeah, he did, like, an enormous um, driving concert. But you know what, uh, Jana, it's the same thing. It's like, we obviously don't have that here. It's not a thing. Like, we just don't have the space it's not like most places aren't designed that way in the way that I mean, we, don't, we have parking lots or spaces but it's not really a thing but you know i was thinking about this and i gave some real thought sitting down kind of going hmm you'd have to have some serious coin to do that though do you know what i mean you'd have to you'd have to be an artist that makes a lot of money to be able to to go okay so i'm gonna do a big big uh, outdoor driving concert uh the amount of <laughs> the people that will probably charge you to have the drive-in space <laughs> and all the things that would do it. Like, I just imagine that it's going to be one of those things that would be financially quite a difficult thing, as well with the ticket pricings as well, you know? Um, yeah, I think one, one of those it? things, like, what you would have to do would be 
Um, <laughs> like how I did for my album release party, you rent a space and you make all the money back in ticket sales. Like, but mm-hmm. you'd have to make sure you had an audience and big enough to show up for, mm-hmm. you know, enough space to rent a place like that. But there are plenty of places where like around here, but I mean, probably not where y'all are that people could really take advantage of it if they had enough, like, you know, if they sell, sell mm-hmm. the tickets ahead of time, get the place, try to work it out. So, Jaina, with if you're selling gigs for if you're selling tickets for drive-in gigs, do you charge your tickets per person or per car? Mm. I guess you'd have to do per car. Hmm. Yeah, that's. Probably... Well, would you make Would you make more money if you did it per Definitely person? Definitely would make more, four or five more people money one car. for if you did you know per person. But I think that everybody would expect per car. Yeah. That's an interesting point. Yeah, it's something it's something that could be interesting to introduce over here. It's not as as I mean, I'm sure it's happened, but it's not as um, it's not mm. something that gets talked mm. about a lot. I don't think it's a, a big thing, but um, yeah, it's it's something to think of. That's I think that's what we've got to do at the moment. Try and be a bit more creative, haven't we? That's what everyone's trying to do, and it's yeah. also gauging what think... people will be up for as well you know what the experience is right yeah i also think that sometimes that as a country we don't help ourselves no. because we have so much red tape red tape involved well said you know i think sometimes like america i think sometimes like america they can be a bit more sort of spontaneous let's do a driving gig whereas over here you've got forms to fill yeah license for this you have to do this you have to do that by the time you've done a lot you thought well what's i the know point? it's, it's, it's that's the, the <laughs> issue isn't it i mean yeah i think definitely um that's one thing perhaps in the in the states it's something that's maybe a little easier to 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 do or organize but you know it it depends it's always hard work it is and i'll be sensitive by the way i'm going to say this but i i would be bold enough to say that we have a slightly different attitude towards live music here like Mm -hmm. like we're, we're we're all preaching to the choir here or to the converted because we all love live music but empirically live music you know, it's not it's not something that people flock out to see in in the UK. You know what I mean? It's just like okay. music. Fe- you know, the, the the festivals are closing down more and more and more. And you know, like when you go out to places, not exactly banging, but people go want to see live music. And you know, you go onto the continent and to, you know to France and Germany and uh, mm. and they're rammed. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's one thing we were. <laughs> unfortunately, we're not going to be doing that now so soon, but. One thing we were planning to do uh, next year, at least, was to to do a, a, sh- a short tour, and we were going to go to Germany because there's a huge live music scene, and we have um, some musical friends um, well, from here and the states, and they go mm. make their money mm. Germany and in places like yeah, yeah, Germany, Austria, places like that. Mm. Uh, but Germany definitely is is great or was great for live music. Um, and they very much still listen to the radio out there a lot. So in small local towns, they're listening to the radio. And if you're playing, everyone in that town's going to come and see you because you're new. And also they love artists from the UK and the US. So if you're from the UK and the US, they're going to see you anyway just because you're something different. Um, And they love their blues and, and country and feel that the UK and US do that very well. So you do pull in huge crowds if you're mm-hmm. in Germany. Um, so that's one thing that's a bit of a letdown because that's one thing I was really looking forward to trying to organise. Um, 
because it's really difficult here in the UK. You play on the cir- a circuit here and you go round and round in the same kind of venues and it's very, very hit and miss as to whether you'll pull a crowd or not. Even if people really like you and communicate with you on social media, they don't always come out and see you live. No, I think you're right, yeah. It's it's very sort of different ways isn't it, of sort of taking music here. Yeah, very, very different. So I think I think it's... Yeah, it's a shame that we can't um, go and play. Um, and also with, with the whole Brexit thing, that was also another spanner in the works that was going to happen when we thought about going. Oh, don't even go. Don't even, don't even go there. Don't, I mean, so, but that's tucked under all this. Let's not, let, oh, no, don't worry. We're not, let's, let's not no, get too political. Not, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That would get in the way of touring. So, um, so I think in general... <laughs> It would be oh, great to, to think about trying to, yeah, stream um, and get in touch, still get in touch with radios over in Germany, things that will probably still play your music and maybe do some interviews just to get a bit of exposure while uh, we're in this situation. Hopefully, though, with like the coronavirus, once we kind of get over the, yeah, what we're going to do with that, then hopefully, you know, we can kind of get the uh, live gigging scene back again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that uh, Jane, yeah, we look forward to most, actually, playing live with the band. There's there's nothing like it. And the audience, the you know, when they are there, enjoy it very much. And it's, um, it's also the other thing is when you don't have live performances, the bands can't sell merch, which is what a lot of them rely on for income. Um, so trying to push that virtually at the moment is... Um, is something that we can all do, but obviously you're more likely to sell if someone's just been wowed by a performance they've seen. Then they will come yeah. buy your merch and talk to you at the merch table. So that's that's another a thing that's been lost with that. But yeah, it's just concentrating on writing the new material and moving forward and being more creative in ways that you can share your music. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that you're currently been writing for a new album. When will that be? <laughs> That's a good question. I think it's also. I mean, I'm not really sure of a date. I kind of been sort of mulling things around my head, but a lot, I think there's going to be a bit of a different tactic um, about how to release this because one and again, like it's always great to have teams around. Cause I, I just love you know playing and writing the music, like writing the music. Right, <laughs> the business side of it's quite difficult. The album idea is tough because the way people digest social media now and streaming you drop an album it's gone like you'll get a couple of people listening to some tracks and they like a couple of tracks listening to and the rest of the album left and there's uh, and that's just that's just the way it, like statistically if you look at it it's just the way people now digest people don't get an album and just listen all the way through like you know okay i'm not very old my dad would listen to like you put the record on and stuff. And I'm I'm an old I, I'm an I'm an old school guy. I love all that stuff. I, I, you know, I'm not as I say I'm not particularly an old person. I'm I'm just like in my early thirties. But I'll put my uh, I'll put my um, LP player on and listen to a you know an album all the way through. But my sister, who's just like just gone into her twenties, she wouldn't even think of listening to an album all the way through. Like you know, you mention an artist and you mention their album. You know, a lot of people do that, right? They'd be like. Oh, have you, you know, and it's off that album. They're like, "What?" You know, nowadays, like, "What do you mean?" It's just like they'll only think of the single or whatever it is. So, as far as you know, uh, as far as like, the album being released, I think there's going to be a sort of a different way that's going to be done. Probably a yeah. bit special, but there'll be there'll be singles from it. And mm. I 
each one of those things. And I'm hoping to get into a studio maybe in the next few months. Again, it's like one of those things that, uh, you know, COVID permitting and stuff like that. And, you know, as well, the way that I've produced the music when it's production wise, when I come to think of this stuff, it's a very specific thing with this group. And, uh, and it sounds kind of a bit finicky, but like, um, it has to be the right place. It has to be the right sounds. You know, the way that the group record, it's not particularly modern. You know what I mean? It's not like DWAs and all that stuff and plugins and stuff. We go old school. You know, it's, 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 the, it's the Marshall turned up to 10 in the live room. You know what I mean? With the, with the cabs. Like that. So yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a big process. So when a record's been made for us, it's not a kind of just, oh, I'll just plug in and we'll, we'll go and it'll be cool and we'll, we'll, we'll fiddle around with a couple of plugins. That's cool. I'm not saying that's bad. People do that and they do it to amazing effect and people sound great, but we certainly go for that a little bit more of a, uh, a little bit more moving, moving some air. Jane, have you got any questions? Because I realise I ask a lot of questions. <laughs> well, I think we covered everything. Is there any, like, you want to tell people how they can find you? Yeah, we we, we have a, a website. I mean, we're obviously on Facebook and Instagram, Wolf Moon. Um, but also our main website, um, www.wolfmoonband.co.uk. Um, you can go there and access everything, our store, our music, our Spotify. So it's quite a good central place to go to. Um, but we are on, on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, um, very active on there as well so um yeah right. the album the album was released in 2019 as i say it sounds ages ago now ages ago, uh, yeah. <laughs> mind over matter um yeah it was it was uh, we were very proud of it so um have a listen if you can but um look, looking forward to uh writing and getting this new album together and yeah i think we will probably just release one single at a time and probably with music videos that definitely goes down well <laughs> to have the video with it just speaking of which i don't i think this will be a first i think like it sounds it's funny but like an exclusive i don't think we've told anyone but it's going to be uh what the name of it is but the next album yeah. how do you see yourself oh well, that's what it will be called yes how do you see yourself yeah. hmm. how do you see yourself yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's yeah we're looking forward to it it's um we haven't decided or finalised exactly which tracks, but we have a lot of songs. Um, so not all of them will probably go on there, but um, see what makes as the card. We'll pick we'll pick the strongest ones and and drip them out as singles for a while, so people can <laughs> get used to it. But yeah, um, we're looking forward to it. Well, the most daft ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that will be uh, it's, again given the situation it's hard to say exactly when it will be released but we're working on it now we are writing that album now well that's exciting i'm looking forward to hearing the album when it comes out as thank a, you a single. yes we will send we'll send you a copy when it's done <laughs> yeah please do it's been great chatting with great you, to chat to you. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having us on thank you for coming on the show thank you so much you're very welcome also a big thanks to everyone who listens to our podcasts each week Thank you so much for joining us for that. And we uh, hope you'll continue to listen to our podcasts. Hope you can join us next week for another episode of the Unsigned Chat podcast. But until then, have a great week. <laughs>